when you spend so long trapped in darkness, you find that the darkness begins to stare back. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amuddin, and behind the scenes, Nisreen Abdel-Majid. We love to captivate you with this quote of the week right at the start of the show. And as we're two days away from Halloween, I thought we might as well spook you out a little bit because that's just the plan with these cool, dark days. And you may have started a movie or two. You may have started out some of these terrifying, absolutely terrifying TV shows on your streaming services or cable TV. And they're just, ah, yeah, they put you in a mood. And this quote put me in that mood in just one line. So shout out to Sarah J. Moss. And this quote was from A Court of Mist and Fury. Thank you for that. And that will be the end of our fear fest until next Halloween. Let's move on to the CELA homepage at a glance. This is from the Center for Equitable Library Access. And the featured titles is what we like to take a look at. The Winners by Frederick Bachman. This is a humorous fiction tale we haven't gotten to yet on our pause or play or otherwise checking it out. The second one is... The Case of the Murderous Dr. Cream by Dean Jobs. True crime, Canadian fiction. If you're interested in that, just hold on a little longer. We will chat about it later in the show. Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. Multicultural fiction, which we chatted about last week. And that was quite interesting to talk about because, well, I'm a fan of Celeste Ng. At least the one and only novel I read by her. uh, And it was nice to get to know the second one. I want to talk really quickly to you, Nisreen, very quickly to get your thoughts on whether or not you're staying away from all the horror stuff happening around Halloween, because we know you're not a fan. Okay, so my friends have been trying to convince me to go to the what, the Fear Fest? Halloween for, In Wonderland? Yeah. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. No. Not happening. No. That's... No. I... No. You can keep dreaming. Um, that's just not... That's not going to happen because I have a horror story that happened to me before and I'm terrified. Oh. I'm truly terrified of clowns. Oh, no. Not yeah. Clowns. Yeah. And I grew up in sick kids where they have clowns all over the place. Like, yes. to, you know, to make the kids smile. Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> I was going to say, do they that's... take a poll from the kids first to make sure they're not going to freak out terrified? when they see the clowns? Yeah. I just, you know, as a child, I felt uncomfortable a little bit. I was a fan of clowns, but as I grew up more and more and I saw the mm-hmm. all the, you know, horror stories about clowns and everything like that, it just made me more terrified. And now I'm truly terrified because I, I can't do it. No. I'm very curious about that. Like the actual percentage of people who are scared of clown versus finding them amusing, fun, entertaining, because yeah. I feel like Let's it's almost a, a 50-50 divide. <laughs> I really do. But anyways, okay. Well, thanks for uh, indulging me, Nisreen, and going to bring in a special guest on AMI Audiobook Review very soon. Our friend and the manager of AMI Audio, Andy Frank, will be joining us. And long time no hear, pause or play is around the corner. (laughs) 
this is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks, and we're getting into pause or play. Not that this is a once-in-a-while feature, it's very, very exciting. And of course, we checked out some of the featured titles from the SELA library website, their homepage. So let's get into one out of three of those. The Case of the Murderous Dr. Cream, The Hunt for a Victoria Aaron Serial Killer by Dean Job. This is a Canadian history and a true crime, so let's see if we're into it. When a doctor does go wrong, he's the first of criminals. Sherlock Holmes observed during one of his most puzzling murder investigations, and incredibly, at the time, the words of the world's most famous fictional detective appeared in print in the Strand magazine, a real-life Canadian doctor was stalking and murdering women in London's downtrodden Lambeth neighborhood. Dr. Thomas Neil Cream had been a suspect in the deaths of two women in Canada and had killed as many as four women in Chicago, but before he arrived in London in 1891, he began using pills laced with strychnine to kill prostitutes, and the Lambeth Poisoner, as he was dubbed in the press, became one of the most prolific serial killers in history. In this fascinating book, Dean Job reveals how bungled investigations, corrupt officials, and failed prosecutions allowed Cream to evade detection or freed him to kill again and again. The first completed account of Dr. Cream's crimes and his many victims explores how the stifling morality of and the hypocrisy of the Victorian era allowed this monster to poison vulnerable and desperate women, many of whom who've turned to him for medical help. Whew. It offers an inside account of Scotland Yard's desperate search for a killer as brazen and efficient as Jack the Ripper. Okay, let's take all that in and go around the table. Nisreen, starting with you, though I can predict if this is going to be a pause or play. Pause or play? I would say play. I'm so invested. Turkey off guard there, girl. Wow. Okay, listen to me. I can't do horror stories, but when it comes to like criminal mystery solving true crimes crime. genres yeah. true crime genres i'm i'm good with it as as you know i i watch a lot of those and reading is a whole different story because they get into detail and i'm all for it okay. let's play hey yeah so if it's real and if it's juicy enough yes the the yes. the crime part of it is like back burner and you'll go through it mm-hmm. okay absolutely all right play for nisri and andy for you pause or play I would play. I, my my wife of many years has taught me to love everything to do with Sherlock Holmes, and uh, yeah. So you're grabbed I, at I'm the in. quote. <laughs> I, I'm grabbed with the quote. I'm grabbed with the patriotic angle. You know, yes. the Canadian. Yes. So, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'd play. How about you? I'm definitely um, just one under obsessed of serial killer dramas and true crime to do with serial killers so any of this is very intriguing to me uh i usually go for documentaries or what do they call these now docudramas um but i'll i'll take a book with true crime as well i am curious if the 
very historical like this is you know 1800s I don't know if that'll pull me out as soon as I think I'm going to be interested but we'll see that that's more of a language thing you know is it going to be as interesting written about such a old time because we're not we're not really really about the Canadian history but you know depends so if you're interested in checking it out after uh, all our pauser plays the case of the murderous dr cream the hunt for a victorian era serial killer is available this is by dean john it's available on the cela library c-e-l-a library.ca now the voice that you heard is that of Andy Frank. And this is episode 61 for AMI Audiobook Review. And that's how long it took to bring on Andy Frank, (laughs) the man (laughs) who helped us imagine this podcast and bring it to life. So welcome, Andy, the manager of AMI Audio, to AMI Audiobook Review. Finally, thank you for coming on. It's it's an honor to be here, Ramya. It's uh, 61, yeah, that's also well over a year now. Yeah. And uh, well into the second year. And it feels that way, too. You know, like the the shoe has been broken in. The leather is getting soft, you know. That's true. Yes. It's definitely starting to get, like, comfy. Yeah. It's very nice. So you, like I said, you were there since the inception of AMI Audiobook Review, If even if not on air, uh, behind the scenes helping us put it all together. And there's a lot of other things we're going to chat about today, like what's going on with audiobooks. But before that, I wanted to ask you how it feels, like, the coverage of audiobooks on AMI in the last year with this podcast and with uh, My Life in Books, with Red Sail, how is it all feeling? It feels good. It feels right. You know, this show here talks about such a wide variety of different offerings. And at the end of the day, this is a curation show. This is a show that that uh, that helps listeners to make their next purchase uh, or download uh, from wherever they choose to download. And that's the purpose, really, of this particular program. And in Red's case, it's more a question of getting to know some authors uh, that uh, have been successful in publishing uh, audiobooks, usually plural, usually multiple uh, authors of pretty high renown, and getting more into their process. So it's a little more of a, almost a little more of an academic process than, um, than this show. Uh, so they have two different roles and two different purposes, and I think it's working well, and I I hope to add to that because I think this is a a genre that's very, very important for our audience. Mm -hmm. Oh, it definitely is. And we know with the amount of community members who come on firsthand talking audiobooks on our show uh, and then just (laughs) numbers out there with how many people subscribe to such mainstream products as Audible uh, to listen to audiobooks. It's, It's huge and it continues to get bigger. So... One example of that is for the 10th straight year in 2022, the Audio Publishers Association annual sales survey has revealed double-digit increases in audiobooks. Andy, this is pretty awesome. So give us some of the details. We can chat more about it. The Audio uh, Publishers Association is a 28-member company. It's pretty big companies that report to it, and they reported revenue gains of 25% in 2021 bringing the estimated industry total to $1.6 billion in sales. And that's just for that particular group. It's The, the, the pie is much bigger than that overall. Uh, but uh, that was a, an increase that uh, best even bested 12% in 2020, so 25% versus 12%. So like basically these increases are staggering. And um, the, uh, the, this is a basically an American thing. So uh, the consumer survey indicated that uh, 41% of listeners subscribe to at least one audiobook service, 
an increase of 38% uh, reported in 2020. Okay. I do want to say there, because you said it's an American thing, it reminded me, and I'm not sure if I let our listeners know, that I switched over to audible.ca this year. I don't know what made me make the switch, but I was on with an Audible like customer service agent, and um, they asked me, hey, you're not subscribed to audible.ca. Are you going to make the change? I was like, yeah, why not? So I'm finally, <laughs> I'm finally Canadian serving with my audiobook listening. What genres did this uh, publication tell you? What genres were the most popular? Well, not surprisingly, science fiction and fantasy was uh, the most popular category that they that they uncovered, and then mysteries, thrillers, and suspense came in a very close second. And then there was a, a category that made a really big jump, and it was the romance category. With a 70... I'm surprised that's not first. No, nah, I know. A 75% jump in revenues for uh, for that. Other other surveys that I researched showed that memoirs are actually on the top. So it kind of depends where you look. But this is one particular uh, in-depth survey that showed that science fiction and fantasy was number one, mysteries number two, and then romance. So compared to our own favorable genres, does this match yours? No. No. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I am so not down with science fiction and fantasy. I couldn't care less. Um, I do like some mysteries very much. Um, and romance, yeah, I'm out sort of kind of out of that out of that game. I love memoirs. I love okay. memoirs. So I'm, I'm, I'm right, uh, right in that category myself. Right. Uh, but here on the show, we have featured a lot of fantasy. A lot in the last 60 episodes, so I'm not surprised in that sense either. <laughs> the pandemic, I think, made us all better readers, at least speaking for myself. How did it affect audiobook consumption? A couple of really interesting things, according to the survey. Uh, one of them says 61% of parents said their children, uh, 17 and younger, now listen to audiobooks compared with 49% reported in 2020. So that was a big jump from 49% to 61%. And they're attributing a lot of that to the fact that there were home studies and uh, the pandemic just kept people uh, locked in, basically. And this was an alternate way of getting uh, entertainment. And especially because kids studying at a home were burning out looking at screens now, not, you know, not only watching TV at night or whatever, but also then all day at school on a screen. And the audiobook was a way of relieving that stress on the mm-hmm. eyes. The other thing that was really interesting was that this switched the trend of listening to, pod, uh, to um, audiobooks in your car versus listening to it at, in your home. It kind of switched it around on its head. So now it said 55, 55% of listeners say they listen more often at home versus uh, 43% in 2021. So this is very recent information. So that's wow. what the pandemic did. It brought audiobooks into the home. Yes, and that part is uh, quite interesting because then I wonder, you know, what services are people utilizing to get these audiobooks into their homes? And also uh, the age groups. Right. Like 
you mentioned school and screen time and all of these other things that impact why people were going to audio, like leaning that way anyway. But age groups and Nisreen, your sister, I believe, is still in school. So is my youngest brother. And um, he didn't pick up any reading, by the way. That's just <laughs> shame on him. But <laughs> but Nisreen's sister is a huge audiobook listener. So I'm curious mm-hmm. about that. You know, the age group and uh, people younger and younger turning to audiobooks rather than print or ebooks. Yeah, she recently started to to listen to audiobooks, but she always was a bookworm since she was little. But audio li- audiobook listening, I feel like that's very considered as very new to this still. day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still with even all these numbers, uh, I sometimes feel like I have to peel out of this you know, because I have low vision, I'm always listening to audiobooks, always tapping into other people, listening to audiobooks all the time, too. But then, Andy, you know, it, it proves it. These numbers prove that more people are listening. How many books were published? Let's go into that angle. More than 71,000 audiobooks were Ooh. published in 2020. That's 2020. That's now two years ago. Wow. But that was a 39% growth over the year before that, 2019. So that is I, that number must be closing in on 80,000. Can you imagine how, like, how many that is per week? Yeah. You know, you're looking at about, what, 1,500 books a week that are being published. So it's an, an incredible amount of, of, of content that's coming out. It's a, a torrent of content. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it's, that, it's showing that there is, there is growth. And by the way, 56% of audiobook listeners are under the age of 45, Ramya. So you're in good company, 56%. Mm. Um, and, okay. that's, and that's up from 52% in 2020. So that went up by 4% there. So there is a, the growth is happening in younger people. In fact, um, that is what's shown here as well. It's older people yeah. are the, as typically, you know, the, my generation, the cable TV watchers are the slower ones on the uptick. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that it's, uh, it's been, um, promoted on all social media platforms now. I mean, we were yeah, talking about right. it a few episodes ago where, uh, it was on, it, it's trending on TikTok all the time about different what's trending what audiobooks are trending what books are trending lately and they have a full-on category for that so i think for it to be promoted on social media is a whole different um era nowadays Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep and and uh influence by influencers celebrities you know people uh putting up instead of screenshots of their books and their chapters now audio samples all over their instagrams and tiktoks on their audiobook releases which is also fantastic because that real-time publication of audiobook and print book you know we're getting closer and closer to most people doing that you're no longer waiting longer to get your audiobook so as soon as when you're thinking anticipating a book you can put your audiobook on hold Pretty yeah, fantastic. very much so. I remember speaking with um, with an executive at Benetech, which is the platform that does so many of the the libraries, the, like the SILA and so on, uh, out of mm-hmm. California. And um, Betsy Bowman is her name. And she said their rule is that as soon as there's a new book published in print, it has to be available in audiobook, in audio yep. form. Like that was, and that was two years ago that she mentioned that. So, yeah, that's definitely happening. Fantastic. Okay, a couple more minutes left. Um, We have Pew Research also has some interesting findings. This is one that's interesting on demographics. Um, uh, Adults who have a bachelor's or advanced degree are more likely to be book readers and uh, also the same for uh, for audiobooks. Uh, But uh, the other one that's really interesting is that audiobooks are trending a lot in adults with lower incomes 
and urban adults, they're picking up audiobooks uh, at a very high clip these days. So that was one of the things that Pew Research found out. Is, so it's great. It's making literacy more accessible. Right. You know? My mind went immediately to art, too, Andy. We've talked so much about production of audiobook being more dramatized, being, uh, you know, multicasted, that kind of thing, many narrators versus one or duo narration and things like that and how audiobooks feel different. They don't feel like straight reads or just story time anymore. It feels like something more uh, and something to sit with, which makes me think art. How about Canada? You mentioned a lot of this is from the U.S. Um, Anything particular on our country? Well, almost half of all Canadians listen to audiobooks in 2021, which is really cool. 45% of Canadians listen to audiobooks. And 19% of all Canadian book buyers bought an individual audiobook or access an audiobook through a subscription service in 2021. So they're pretty uh, Canadians are pretty active in that uh, in that area. So I thought that was really cool. Mhm. And it is uh you didn't say that some of the top trends were like self-development and things like that, but I think that's just a classic way of getting into especially the one-off purchases. You know, if if you're thinking this book would be better as audio, um, perhaps you're leaning towards something more self-development. And you know there's tons of that on the market right now, especially with mental health and meditation and all these other things. Andy, before we wrap up, and thank you for all this information, but before we go, you got to give us a recommendation or two. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of recommendations. I, I read infrequently. I'm an extremely busy person at work, and I'm not saying that in any martyrish. That's a nice way to say it. Martyrish yeah. kind of way, but it's just a fact. <laughs> I'm, and then when I'm not working, I'm chilling in front of sports for the most part. So that's kind of my life. It's it's boring, but that's the way it is. So when do I read? I read when I go on vacation. And when I go on vacation, I'll sometimes read five or six books. Um, and uh, and I do listen to audiobooks in the car from time to time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of my, my lifestyle. So the two books that, that I want to f- uh, focus on are a bit on the older side, but they're really, really, really good books. <laughs> and <laughs> one of them is the uh, biography of Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. It's called Life, and it is read by Johnny Depp and Joe Hurley and also features Keith Richards. For anybody who's familiar with Keith, uh, listening to him speak is an absolute delight. All the incredibly crazy life that he's led is present in his voice he's Mm. one of these people as soon as he opens his mouth you go oh my god the history that's coming (laughs) out just by everything he utters um and of course uh, keith has been massively successful with the rolling stones and uh he spills the beans on all kinds of things he he was you know in prison for drug possession and uh you know he was in tax exile in france uh, trying to run away from the bogeyman in england um he's all, all kinds of addictions and everything. But at the same time, the writing is so lucid. It's oh. beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And the guy is a terrific songwriter. So, uh, and the same, I could say the same thing about Bob Dylan's work as well. Like, I, they're just amazing writers. It's such an easy read, even though it's a, a thick tome mm. uh, or a lot of words in the, in the audiobook side. So that's one of them. 
And the other one, oh, by the way, I got to read a quote if you, if I have time to read a, one very quick quote from the, yeah. a, a review, a review from David Remnick of the New York Times about Keith Richards' book, Life. Uh, he said, a slurry romp through the life of a man who knew every pleasure, denied himself nothing, and never paid the price. Wow. <laughs> a great quote there. Sounds like the last two years of Walter White's life. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. And Walter, well, you know, we, we don't want to give away the end. No, no, no. No, no we don't. No. Go ahead. Uh, the, <laughs> the other one I want to talk about is Richard Wagamese, the late Richard Wagamese. Uh, he's a, a Canadian author who died in 2015 at the age of 61. Uh, most known for, uh, for that uh, famous book about hockey, that uh, he wrote Indian Horse. It's not about hockey, but it's uh, it's it, it, hockey's at the center of it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it stuck with uh, a lot of Canadians uh, is because our great game is involved there. But this Medicine Walk book by Richard Wagamese is an astonishingly beautiful book. Um, it is a, a story of Franklin Starlight. Uh, he is called to visit his father, Eldon, at the age of 16. And uh, he had the most fleeting of relationships with the man, Mm. Uh, but now, uh, after years, uh, after he find he finds Eldon after years of drinking and dying of liver failure in a small town flop house, and Eldon asks his son to take him into the mountains so he may be buried in the traditional Ojibwe manner. And what this wow. particular book does is it documents that journey, and it's incredible. And what a, a magnificent writer Richard Wagamese was. And um, so Medicine Walk, if you if you like the Indian horse, if you're familiar with Indian horse, you will love Medicine Walk. Amazing. Andy, thank you so much. Two definite recommendations going into my list. Appreciate you coming on the show. It's, uh, you know, we don't often get you on here, but it's so wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much. And we'll get you back on sooner than another 60 episodes. I'm good. 60 episodes is plenty. <laughs> like I said, I'm a busy guy. Wow. Well, <laughs> okay. We're too Rejected. busy No uh, one's ever said that before. I love you both, and you know that. Thank <laughs> okay. you very much for inviting me. Thanks, Andy. Andy Frank is the manager of AMI-audio, and that wraps up our episode of AMI-audio book review for this week. And until next time, happy audiobook listening. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping on Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.